On this episode of the State of the Bulldogs with Sam, Mike, Jeb, and Grant, we recap the Alabama A&M game, talk about the FCS playoffs, and give a little portal update. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and leave a good review. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at State of the Dogs. And with that, let's kick this thing off. I would imagine that yeah. there's nothing like yeah. it in a Super yeah. on a Saturday night. Yeah. After a big win. Yeah. Eight against a four and five team from the FCS. And here goes Montreal Washington. He's skipped through the defenders and he's taking it all away. On the run, he's got room. Inside the five, Quintendon wins it! Oh, fellas, fellas, we're recording a little late. It's December, tw- it's a Tuesday. Podcast drops tomorrow, not a Sunday. Um, winter's officially hit Atlanta. Grant Michael, has has winter arrived in Nashville and Birmingham? It's frigid and very Nashville. Yeah, it's like 32 degrees in Birmingham right now. Yep, low officially, 40s, low 40s, but yeah. officially that time of year. So, guys, let's let's heat it up. You know, a little around the horn, quick hitters, get warmed up. First question, uh, Mike. How about you? How about you take the lead here? North Dakota State's head coach, two-time national championship winning coach, signed to be a position coach with USC this week. Is that what it takes to go from the FCS to the FBS now? No, I don't think so. Uh, well, I, not for North Dakota State and some of those big programs out west. Uh, you know, f- sure, if you're somewhere on the East Coast that doesn't have the prestige that North Dakota State has. But I believe, uh, who was, was it North Dakota State's coach that went to like Boise State or Washington or somewhere? Yeah, I uh, forgot about the first guy, but Chris Kleiman filled in. Oh, no, he went to, sorry, Craig Bowles went to Wyoming. And then Chris Kleiman went to Kansas State. And then... Yeah, and then that's right. Kansas State. Yeah. So, I, position coach, I'm sure the pay is similar, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe for offensive-defensive coordinator position. But it almost it almost seemed like he was getting pushed out by the fans, from what I read. Interesting. Grant? Yeah, I agree with Mike. I think it it's kind of a case-by-case basis. I think it's kind of... A thing where USC has money to burn, so I think he was making like 400k in North Dakota State. So I can see why Lincoln Riley, like needing help on that defense, could be like, "Yeah, we need to bump this up a little bit and get him down here to sunny, to sunny LA." But you, you saw Holy Cross as coach; he is taking over for it slips my mind for an FBS team coming around. He's been Holy Cross for seven years, so I don't think it's a one-time thing. I think it's just a weird case where Lincoln Riley needs all the help he can on defense so he he hires this guy who is his title at USC is assistant head coach for defense very Dwight Schrute assistant to the very head coach d- yes. so, yeah, yeah. thank you Grant thank yeah, you ass- I didn't know he was making yeah. 400k I'm sorry I'd rather be I'd rather be That's- king of my castle for 400k than go schlep around Los Angeles for Lincoln Riley there are high school coaches in Nashville that make 400k uh, yeah, he made nearly 400k at Indy this year. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you who, but I know that's next coach. level. I uh, the great uh, coach Potter at Macaulay wasn't even make. Well, he might have been by the end, but he didn't start out at 400 when he arrived about six years ago. Oh, yeah. oh you got to you got to win a couple state championships before they well, that kicks in. All right, so all right, so next question, next question. Uh, 
Sanford announced that they are building new residence halls. It is about time. You can't just keep accepting record class after record class and not build something new. Grant, what are what are our thoughts? Better late than never? I mean, you could say that. I just looked it up before we started. A Smith Hall where the freshmen live. That opened in 1930. So wow. if that's if that's any indication. And, and I was on the fourth floor in, the, in basically the attic up there. So... I live that first floor life. So this is definitely a redube, like more parking, more residence halls. If you want to, like you said, with the enrollment going up, you obviously need to put these kids somewhere. I mean, how else are we going to make it to Conference USA, Mike? Yeah, fun fact, I lived in Smith as a senior. <laughs> uh, I Sam, you remember that. that. You helped me move in. <laughs> Good, times. Um, Good times. Yeah, I always wonder how, like, where where are people going uh, when we keep having these record-setting classes where people are living, I know obviously like upperclassmen move off campus to Wild Forest and whatever that other apartment complex is. But um, better late than never. It sounds like they're going to transition Mountain View and some of the other like um, pseudo freshman dorms into upperclassmen dorms. So oh, excited to see what it looks like. Yeah, because I remember I'm they had surprised. a rule like you had to be like this old to like yeah, pedophile paperwork to live off campus, and now they're like, no, please, for the love of God, you can live off campus. I don't care yeah. how old you are. That's sad. That's sad because that's what made it so fun. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, they should just create a tent city over in the intramural fields. See how that goes. <laughs> uh, last question. Last question. So uh, over the week, uh, Jabari Brooks signed with Central Florida, the Golden Knights of the Big Twelve, guys. Do you think that it helps Sanford when a guy like that signs with a Power 5 team? Uh, helps their recruiting efforts? Grant? Yeah, I think so. I mean, any any little thing a coach wants to put on a resume, like you can basically, hey, we can develop you here, get you to where we want to go here. Especially in this day and age of college football, you see guys all over the place playing FCS, moving on up. So I think it's obviously positive anytime you can develop a guy and he can, obviously you would like him to stay, but obviously in this day and age, you know, that's probably not going to happen unless you just really, really loves the school. So anything positive is major, but good for the coaches. Mike. Yeah, Grant, I agree, especially, you know, just talking about the modern day uh, transfer environment. I was really excited when I saw Jabari today going to the UCF. Um, I mean, that's what big 12 now, right? So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Hopefully he can, you know, work his way into some playing time there. And um, I, I think that's positive. You know, I think any, any, any press is good press, right? Mm-hmm. He hit an offer from Miami as well. I think Mike Milton CEO is another one. So for him to go go be a space cadet at UCF is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I think O line is like I mean that's one of the big uh, big ticket positions in terms of NIL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe he got maybe he got a good payday. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, it, it'll be uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun fun time in the jump house. I think that's what they call their state. Uh, bounce house, bounce house, bounce house. Thank it's you. Bounce Grant. house, yeah. bounce house. All right, so let's move on. Uh, Mike, you got the SoCon recap this week. Run it down, man. What what happened in the conference? Sheesh, where do y'all want to start? Um, we're just going to highlight a couple of the bigger games. I mean, no, no need to run through all of the SoCon games the last week, but uh, See the biggest one that we were looking forward to was Furman, Arkansas, and unfortunately, well, fortunately for us, unfortunate for SoCon fans, Furman lost ninety-seven to eighty-three. What a uh, big kicker there is no Marcus huh. Foster. I don't yeah. know if 
we didn't talk about this last week, but Who? Marcus Foster had a knee injury. He is out until what I read on Twitter or X is mid-January at the earliest, but mm-hmm. possibly a, a, or a year-ending injury. I don't know, Grant. Yikes. Oh, dang. If you've seen yeah, it. I didn't else. see that, yeah. But uh, that's just Twitter, so who knows? Yeah. But did Musselman get ejected in this game or he coached the whole game? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they won Grant, so he, they he won. Okay, yeah. yeah, he won. loses. He won. Yeah. I mean, he was still getting calls time, and he got though. ejected then, but... I mean, if you're, you know, let's imagine no Marcus Foster, let's just say through January. That's um, that's a lot of stuck on play. And he was their leading scorer uh, before the injury. So, yep. uh, unfortunately, Alex Williams has stepped up since then. Won SoCon Player of the Week last week. He had 20 points and went five for nine from three against uh, Arkansas. So, Alex Williams is the guy that had some good uh, good minutes last year for Furman. And, and it's just unfortunate for us to know that you know, even with Marcus Foster out, they've got somebody else that can step up. Uh, JP Peaky also against Arkansas had 21 points, um, but had, I think, 10 points from the free throw line, only went four for 14 from the field. So, anyways, Furman, always somebody to keep in mind. So, we'll see mm-hmm. what the impact to know Marcus Foster is uh, to the team. Yeah, January 24th is when Sanford goes to Furman. Yeah. So, you know, uh, if, if the, Healing goes well, then he'll probably be back, but maybe be a little bit rusty. So we'll see how yeah. that works for us. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I, just for the SoCon in general, like he is one of the you know probably we'll see preseason all uh, first team. I, I think I so. think so. Yeah, um, one of those guys that we all expected to step up uh, with Bothwell and and um, Slauson. What's his name? Slauson. Yeah, thank you. Those names are not to be mentioned on the oh, on bad. air. My bad. No, the, the most disappointing thing about Foster's injury is that we have to watch Alex Williams more. And no one wants to do that. It's just unfortunate when you've got when you think that your biggest rival is is losing their best player and then somebody yeah. else steps up and wins conference player of the week, you know, next man first up. week. Yeah. Hate to see it. All right, what about Western? Western lost to High Point big time, ninety-seven seventy-one. I thought I would have thought a school like High Point, mid two hundreds, trash. Know, yeah, ninety-eight in like the, the Citadel. Yeah, ninety-eight in the net. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. You're right. So that is crazy. Uh, apparently, a good team, but uh, the fact that Wolbright and Jackson had forty-two of their seventy-one total points, I feel like is a little concerning for Western fans. Very They're going to have to get some uh, some depth there. They also went four for 25 from three, which is 16%. So that ain't going to cut it. I'm sure, you know, that's kind of like a Sanford-Purdue type outing. I'm sure Western can put it together by the time SoCon play starts, but 16% ain't going to do it. No. Uh, really, what I thought was the biggest shocker from last week was UNCG having to take Eastern Kentucky to overtime. They won 87-85. Eastern Kentucky is currently 290 in net rankings and 219 in Kempom. Just as a reminder, there are 362 teams uh, in those rankings. So UNCG being currently at 93 in net and 107 in Kempom, definitely would have expected them to handle EKU uh, pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah EKU when you're, the, be, largest, yeah. When you're yeah. the largest school in conference and you don't have to pay for a football team, yeah, EKU beat Troy by one, but that's their only ranked Ken Palm win. Their other wins are 
against teams that are not there are d2 schools so that's part of why they're so low in the net oh my wow very i mean look uncg let's give them the benefit of the doubt playing down to the competition now and it's it's an extreme extreme example uh, but probably what happened the craziest stat from that game sophomore donathan atwell had 24 points went eight for 10 from three whoa and that's not the first time he's hit eight threes in a hmm. game. So Ooh, I don't like to hear that's that. Somebody to look out for, especially as a true sophomore. Yeah, I'm going to look yeah. that up. Keep going. He has uh, kind of had an up and down year. Several games where he's scored in the low twenties. Uh, several games where he's not even hit ten points a game. But the fact that he went eight for ten, pretty crazy. That's uh, yeah, impressive. A couple of that with yeah. you know Kobe Langley or the Langley twins and Bekeel Brown Jones. Um, starting to see why UNCG is uh, has been so so good this uh, you know this year leading up to SoCon play. Yeah, Atwell went eight for fifteen from three against Missouri Kansas City on the twenty fourth. It went four for ten against Elon a couple of days ago. Yeah, wow. And then four for seven in another game. So yeah, we gotta watch out for that kid. It. Absolutely. Can he do anything other than shoot the three? Not really sure. Do you really need him to if he's that good? No. Like Chandler Leopard or Leopard. I was just about to say that, yeah, Leopard. Leopard. Chandler's my spirit animal. He doesn't shoot anything but threes. He's like, if I'm open, I'm shooting this thing. I, like, I love this guy. This guy's awesome. Yeah, he doesn't miss. It's all right. Yeah, those 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 are uh, kind of the three biggest games of the week last week. Kind of a slow week with exams and whatnot. But uh, yeah. I've got a couple big games this next week heading into Christmas. And then before we know it, SoCon play right around the corner. Yeah, you wrote down Furman, Tulane, neutral site. Where are they playing? Um, shoot, I don't actually know. Uh, let, me, let me check. Right, Grant, Grant will find it. Grant will find it. Uh, Western at Vandy. That's a nice little Western matchup right Western at there. Vandy. That's a nice little game. Vandy. Yeah. Kind of mid, middle to low level SEC team. Western could sneak in and get the upset. Does yeah, Western I mean, just Western, play lower level teams and at the P five conferences they play the worst teams in the ACC, they play one of the worst teams in the SEC, but and then just get shellacked and high point in between, you know, nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Sam, the Tulane Furman game is in New Orleans, so yeah, I would I can't not consider it. that neutral site. Oh well maybe it's uh at the Smoothie King Center. What's well, that Avernby Foman Arena in the Devlin Fieldhouse? That sounds like a college stadium. Maybe it's their I don't know. And then chat. Chat's going to Alabama A&M. Wow. Yeah, that was kind of a shocker as well. I mean, Alabama A&M, as we learned last night, has played uh, kind of a tough schedule so far. Yeah. The fact they're going to A&M was shocking. Yeah, that is interesting. A little gesture of goodwill, I guess. Yeah, A&M, yeah. Geez, they've played Auburn, Vandy, Georgia Tech, Sanford. They play UAB tomorrow night, and then they host... Chattanooga, they have UAB. Their week this week is UAB tomorrow at home, then Chad at home on Saturday for Alabama A&M. Interesting who UAB is willing to play. (laughs) Yes, more. There we go. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yep. All right, so, Michael, you put the net rankings up. UNCG at 93. Real quick, stat correction, because I don't want to look like an idiot uh, on the podcast. (laughs) Furman Tulane, not a neutral site game. That game is at Tulane's home stadium. Idiot on podcast? Who does that? Who does that? (laughs) It's like the podcast police are going to get us. And Tulane's 110 in net ranking, so that should be a big matchup. 
Yeah, it's a nice game for them. They'll probably lose. We can move on. Yeah, the net ranking. So UNCG's at 93. Western's at 124. Sanford, 138. Interesting that Wofford is ahead of Furman. Furman getting penalized for a much harder schedule. I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Um, Because Wofford's at 165 and Furman's at 181. Oh my goodness. VMI's all the way at 337. Chats at 206. I saw someone tweet. I saw someone tweet, will VMI win a D1 game this year? Probably not. I mean, they were all freshmen last year, and then everyone yeah. leaves, and they're all freshmen again this year, essentially. <laughs> like, Ken Palm hasn't projected to go 6-25. and 25. Yeah, it's not a recipe for anything oh leading to God. wins. 6-25? and 25? Whew. Poor guy. Okay, they, they beat Christendom, who's a... That's a great question. I really don't know. And then Clark Summit's another school they've beaten, but that, haven't beaten a D1 team yet. And they play Radford as we're recording right now. You know, the Ken Palm has UNCG at 107, Sanford 128, but then Furman, much different than net rankings. Furman's in third at 138, and then Western's at fourth. They were second in the net, fourth in Ken Palm. Interesting. Yeah, Ken you Palm know, Sam, the, we, we had talked about this last year when yeah. rankings started to come out. And Grant, you probably know, but I think net rankings is more uh, past looking in terms of who you've played and beaten, and then Ken Palm is more uh future looking predicting yeah you know who you're gonna beat so that kind of checks out just given that Furman has lost so many games right but they're yeah, protected to yeah and UNCG but the reason they're in first because they have that win at at Arkansas too which bumps them up a lot in the net right yeah for sure yeah so we need to give the net what another couple months before we can like mid-January, not a couple months. Yeah, I think January. this is the first week maybe or first sec- yeah. second week of net rankings being yeah. out. So a yeah. ton of room for change. But the, the net rankings are one of the more um, utilized rankings in terms of you know looking at, at tournament seating and whatnot. This, that's, yeah. that's, when you're watching ESPN and they talk about the tiers, there's, you know, there's four quad or quadrants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quad, yeah. Yeah. It replaced the old RPI, which was kind of flawed. This is kind of flawed too, but that's another discussion. But yeah, it's a it's a main yeah it is, yeah it's a main uh, point in the committee room. All right, so let's talk Alabama A and M. Uh, one of the more interesting games of the season thus far. Nice that the guys were back. Right, we had about a week off of no basketball, but we we lost the ball twenty six times. Uh, we. We forced turnovers about or forced 28 turnovers, but pretty, pretty sloppy game. I'll run down kind of a few quick things and then uh, y'all take it from there. So we won 118 to 91, 118, but we gave up 91 way more embarrassing. Uh, we outscored, we were outscored in the paint 61 to 42. These are like NBA numbers. They put up 61 points in the paint. We shot 60% from three, so that's how we won. Um, And then we had a a lot of big performers. AJ uh, had 18 points, six boards, three assists, three steals, only played twenty half the game. Uh, Jermaine only played half the game. He had 16 points, five boards, three steals, two assists. So kind of a two-headed monster there. Uh, Most most impressively, though, the the freshman, Lucas, Josh, uh, they had 11 points. 
Uh, Josh Josh Holloway also had five five assists. And then uh, big big Dallas getting in there in the action, eleven points. He had four assists as well. And then Ryland Jones and Garrett Hicks also had five assists. So a lot of ball movement as we expected. But defensively and offensively, my goodness, I feel like we I would watch us force a turnover and then kind of in the excitement and the speed of the action, we would just give it right back. Yeah, sloppy was the buzzword that was going around that Bucky used multiple times post game, just like it definitely looked like they hadn't played in a week, just like so out of sync offensively, like you said, with the twenty six turnovers. And that was we still say all this, they scored 118 points because they were eighteen made 18 threes or whatever. And that was uh, Sanford's back-to-back underpoint games. That was the first time since 1970 that they'd done that. Lyndon Blake said that on the broadcast last night. So fun. I missed that fun fact. Could have been yeah, the so trivia st- question. Yeah, there we go. So we still talk about that, but it's still kind of sloppy. I was kind of back and forth. Like I told you all before we started like this kind of like, a, ugh, like I felt kind of like a, like a feeling like uh, we don't, we don't need to keep playing this game. Let's hurry up and get this one over with. Forget about it. So I think that's probably what they'll do. I was kind of going back and forth deciding what it, if it means more than actually is, if it's like uh, back after a week off, let's just forget about it and move on. Mike. Yeah. Uh, I, this is one of those games that, you know, if you look at the the final score and even for the, for the most part, the stat sheet, you're like, Oh, Sanford played really well. They dominated, but watching the game, it was just sloppy. Like you said, Grant, uh, way too many fouls occurring, way too many turnovers. We did not defend well in the paint. Alabama a is not a good team. I mean, they're not as bad as one and nine as their record shows, but uh, they're not a good team. And, and, you know, I just think, especially defensively, we should have been a lot crisper. Uh, maybe it was exam week. You know, we haven't played in like a week or whatnot, but um, I mean, outside the, what, what did we start the game? Eight for eight from three. Yeah. Outside were of that. 11 threes in the first half. Yeah. Take that away. And it's a lot closer game than it was. Yeah. The two silver linings, good opportunity for the offense to work out or to, to continue to build chemistry. But the best one, Jermaine's back. Played 20 minutes, looked good. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, he and AJ only played half the game. So obviously some yeah, intentional load management there. There we go. By yeah. the old ball coach. Um, but. Those that, those are two things we could take away at least. Yeah, we had Jermaine in the interview post game. I was trying to think of a question. I was like, "Were you nervous at all coming in?" Like the, and he made the first three knockdown. He basically said, "Nah, fam, I'm, I'm Jermaine Marshall. I'm not nervous. What are you talking about?" <laughs> he said, in a, "He said it in a very nice way to my question." I did, but basically, it was, "Dude, I'm Jermaine Marshall. I don't get nervous. What are you talking about?" Right, so he kind of brushed right. that off. I was like, "No, I." He gave the can answer. I was locked in all week. Practice. I knew I was going to play. Once that first three went in, he kind of like stuck his tongue out. I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm back. Let's do this." I like that. Yeah. No, it was great just to watch him. Uh, he's certainly been missed, but I guess one other silver lining is it seems like everybody played, uh, just about everybody, everybody at least. Um, and so you're you're always looking for kind of you know as we were talking about Furman. If you have then if you you're you need to have the next man up mentality, and the only way the next man up is prepared is the slim opportunities like this that pop up for everybody to kind of get a little bit more experience, a little bit more uh, reps. But overall, sloppy certainly a performance yeah. to forget. Yeah, you mentioned Holloway with eleven points, five five assists, and helps when you have a backup point guard who's stronger than an NBA point guard. That's pretty cool. <laughs> 
that does help. <laughs> yeah, apparently Jaw is not a professional athlete and uh, has never shout seen out, weight room. Shout out T. Morant, his dad, for that amazing yeah. quote on the stand today. What a what a Incredible. fantastic era we live in when we have NBA stars yeah. being sued by high schoolers and countersuing because they don't like being sued by high schoolers. Note to self, don't punch a minor. <laughs> Especially one who's going to be stronger than you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's move on from Alabama A&M. There ain't much there. We'll talk about Belmont in a minute. I uh, got a fun trivia question. Fun trivia question about Belmont. Uh, but first, whammy. If you're a listener of the pod, you know Sanford Sports get, gets us excited. But before we start our game day, we love brewing up a pot of whammy coffee. It is roasted locally in Birmingham, and they always have an incredible assortment of beans from around the world. I also love that they throw in a little mystery toy in every bag of beans. For the perfect start to your morning, you can pair our podcast with a cup of whammy. Just head to whammycoffee.com and order today. So, Belmont. A fairly uh, young institution of higher education, especially relative to Sanford. But some fun little history. So Nashville is known as the Music City. And interestingly enough, the city's first what was installed on Belmont's campus in 1922. At the time, the college's associate president, Dr. C.E. Crossland, understood the advertising value that this thing that was installed uh, could bring to the school. So the Music City, what was the first one of its kind in the city to be installed at Belmont University? My first question is, how in the world did you find this? That's my first, that's my first <laughs> thought. My best buddy, Wikipedia. I got to introduce me. Um... Great, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um... It's not like I live here or anything. <laughs> but that's right. I forgot about that. Sorry. Um, music City, City's first music music hall. I don't know how to like no auditorium. Maybe no. Yeah, Michael. I was leaning towards statue s- as well, but I don't know. Statue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A lot of yes, advertising. The first statue statues. was installed in 1922. I'm going to say Radio Tower. Although I know that there's a radio tower in Brentwood that's famous for broadcasting the radios, like uh, I guess maybe the Grand Ole Opry, um, mm. but maybe that was put in like later than the 20s. So I'm going to say radio tower. Yes, radio tower is oh. correct, Mike. And Let's even go. better, even Come better, on. Belmont, you know, known for their music school. The radio tower broadcasted the first music program across the city at the time. So kind of cool. You know, the, the musical history of the city is tied right in with the university. And what what a college uh, pres- associate president right there. Seeing the value that the broad that the radio tower could bring. Started the a few stations. And, right, right. So and the sister cool. school to Sanford. Oh, really? Yeah. What does that mean, sister school? So like, I don't know. were there, could you transfer and take other classes? Like there's some program tied. Sister, sister schools, usually a pair of schools, single sex schools, one with female students. So that didn't sound right. That doesn't oh. sound right. Yeah. Oh, well, I think Belmont did start as an all girls college. Uh, that I could, could be, be wrong there. 
There's a lot of that. A university or college which is financially, historically, or socially linked to another. That's pretty vague. Okay. Well, interesting that we are the Belmont sister school. Uh, and I'm not going to say that's an honor, but it's interesting. <laughs> we play Belmont. They're eight and three. They have lost to Furman in Arizona, notably. Furman, they lost 77 to 99. Kind of run out of the gym there. Uh, similar to Arizona, shocker. Uh, they lost 68 to 100. Um, their Ken Palm, as of this recording, is 145. So fairly equal in the metric ratings to Sanford. And they have three key players. Uh, most notably, Cade Tyson, 6'7 forward. He's their leading scorer, barely, uh, at 17 points, five boards. Most uh, surprising, he shoots 40% from three and is their leading three-point shooter. And then they have um, Malik Dia. He's also a forward, 6'9". He averages about 16.8 points uh, and five boards. And then Jacoby is their guard, uh, averages 16 points and four assists. I think he plays the point. So kind of a, a three-headed monster not a lot of guys stuck out past that. They certainly rely on these three. But K. Tyson in particular, pretty scary. 6'7", can shoot from three. Um, seems like a, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, just to extend on three-point shooting, that's going to be like the one thing to watch out for, which team limits the other team shooting threes like per Ken Palm. Uh, Belmont is 36 in the country at 38 threes per game, and they're around in the mid-160s in defending the three, while Sanford is 16th in the country at 39% from three, and they're 159th in the country in defending the three. So it's just a good balance of whichever team can limit the other team's outside shot more. Yeah, and Grant, I mean, not to go all the way back to the Alabama a game, but that is something you talked about with Bucky, and it is a key to the game. So this is what Bucky had said uh, about our three-point shooting. I was m- more surprised when in the first half of the Purdue game, we went one for 16 from three, and I was, us having that half right there, I think we were 11 or 15 from three the first half or something like that. I was way more surprised by being one for 16 from three versus Purdue than us going 11 for 15 from three. We, we, we have good shooters, we recruit shooters, and that's what we work on, we take a lot of threes. Last year for, for possessions, we're up there in the top 10 in the country in three-pointer shot per game for, for possession. So if we're able to get good looks, I expect most of them to go in. Okay, so uh, you know if if it's a key to the game to shoot to shoot well from three, Bucky Bucky's feeling good. I don't know if we're gonna shoot sixty percent, right? Like that's a little uh, crazy, but it does. It's always good for shooters to see the ball go through the hoop. Um, I don't know if at practice this week that they're gonna be focusing on being able to keep that up. I think the focus is going to be all about. Christmas on offense and defense, right? Like just fixing the glaring issues. But yep. shooting the ball uh, well from three is kind of at the back of everybody's mind. I mean, that's SoCon basketball right there. So I, th- I think that's kind of inherently something that every team in SoCon has to be good at in order to mm-hmm. compete in a SoCon. And so even though this is a non-SoCon game, I think that's an expectation that we're going to have all season long. Um, I agree. I think the fact that Sure, we we whooped A and M Alabama A and M this past or yesterday. Um, I kind of like the fact that we had a rough game because we've had such a easy schedule the last like what eight games. 
Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that the last game before a competitive Belmont game was really tough and really mm-hmm. kind of gross and uh, just not pretty because hopefully the guys will will be a wake up call. You know, here's the things we need to work on in order to prepare for a Belmont team that's very competitive. That's a good point. Grant, anything before we go on to the FCS playoffs? More about the game. There is a cool uh, connection going on. So Belmont has a freshman guard named Wynn Miller who who played here at Loco Vestavia. His basically whole family played at Sanford, just going down the list. He did have offers out of high school from Sanford, Bama, Auburn, Virginia Tech. But going down, his mom played volleyball at Sanford. His dad wow. played baseball at Sanford. His granddad played football at Sanford. And his great granddad and his great granddad, Carl Miller Jr., played football at Sanford. And also, one more thing, the Sanford's baseball's press box is named after his great grandfather, Carl 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 E. Miller Jr. So that's another connection. Yeah. Did we not offer the kid, or did he just like want to get away from Birmingham? A little of both, I think. I don't remember how the whole recruitment went down, but yeah, it is wild just to have four different family members play three different sports at Sanford and he decided to go do his own path and play at Belmont. So, I mean, I He's get it if you choose Bama. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's wild. Just like all these connections to Sanford. He's like, not forget that. I'm going to go do my own thing and go to Belmont, which, I mean, Belmont, a really solid mid-major program the last few years. I don't blame him for doing something different, but still, it's just a while to think about all those familial connections to Sanford and he's going to be playing his one of his biggest road games in front of family he, here in his hometown is pretty cool. So, Last thing, Sam, this is the third year in a row we've played Belmont in late December. We've lost the last two games. Uh, last year we got absolutely blown out of there yeah. in Nashville. Yeah, two that years was not ago. one to remember. Two years ago, a little more competitive, but I think it still ended up being like a 10-point game. Um, so would really like to see us make it close this year. I think, yeah. I don't know if it's um, one of those things where because the the seasons, the the past two seasons non-conference have been like Jekyll and Hyde, right? So it's hard to say kind of what Bucky's team's identities are in the non-con just because there's been so few not only similarities, but um, just the way we've played has been so different season by season. We play pretty similar once conference season starts. Like we're very competitive with basically every top team um, and occasionally can play down. But of all the years, you know, you kind of have the right mix of youthful energy and veteran leadership. You know, if we're going to knock off a pretty – a pretty respectable mid-major program in Belmont who might not be, this is not their best team of the past few years. They're, they're good. They're eight and three this year. They won. uh, This coach has never not won 20 games. He's I think this is fourth season. So they're very respectable program. This feels like a nice opportunity to finally not be 0-2, right? One and one and two, one and two is the goal. Um, But we'll see. Kay Tyson, man, that guy is good. He is good. And we're going to need everybody at full health. You know, we're not, we can't afford to have Jermaine just be able to play 20 minutes. Hopefully that truly was load management and not um, yeah. a re-injury or anything like that. Hopefully he's just ready to go. A full, full 30-ish, 35-ish. Um, 
He also, Jaden Campbell didn't play last night either. So that's another oh, guy right, to watch out right, for, right, see if he's right. out there. Yeah, great point. And that's so probably I think it was, somebody we yeah. wanted in a game like that to kind of keep the offensive momentum going. That's a yeah. tough kind of setback as you're getting into the last little stretch of the of the non-conference. I f- we forgot. Thank you, Grant. Yeah, and that was definitely why you saw Jermaine and AJ only play 20 minutes. You didn't really need them. Just let those other guys get out there. So I don't think there's a whole lot of things you need to look out for. They'll play the – they should play the usual minutes coming up Saturday. So Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, a little little football news. So the FCS playoffs are raging on. If you did not watch any of the games Saturday, there was only one you didn't need to, uh, and that was the North Dakota State game. But the other games were phenomenal. Um, Furman, the Furman game in particular, uh, I was cheering against Furman the entire time, but not going to lie, pretty excited when they got the fourth or the 13 seconds to go, fourth and goal, touchdown, last play of the game. Huff's getting sacked. He's up a duck like every ball he throws. And their big tight end jumps up in the end zone to snag the game-tying touchdown. That was pretty exciting, especially against a very good Montana team. That Furman defense played so well. A lot of similar vibes from the first half of the Sanford-North Dakota State game where they had to play so well because not only is Montana's defense good, Furman's offense could not get anything going. So – Spirited effort. You knew once they got to overtime, as soon as Montana scored a touchdown, it was basically over. Furman was not going to score a touchdown. Their hope was field goal, turnover. Um, and so no more SOCON teams are, are left. We we have a pretty awesome semifinal matchup, uh, or two awesome semifinal matchups, with uh, South Dakota State and Albany. So a lot of people are saying South Dakota State is just going to roll Albany. Well, everybody thought South Dakota State was going to roll Villanova. And Villanova was in that game the entire time. They could not punch it in when they needed to. Um, settling for field goals, turning the ball over in clutch situations. They lost 23-12, to right, against the number one team, a team everybody thought would steamroll them. So I would give Albany a shot. They walked into the Kibbe Dome of Idaho, walked away with a crazy win. Uh, that was another crazy I – was, I think I was up to about 2 in the morning watching that one. Uh, so so certainly not a uh, an easy pass for South Dakota State to get to the championship game. And then the, the big game, Montana-North Dakota State. Montana's saying we're back. North Dakota State saying we never left. Uh, who's going to win? It's at Montana, so it's in the cold. North Dakota State can't hide under their dome. Um I don't know who like North Dakota State keeps surprising everybody. They everybody picked them to die first second round, but they are steamrolling. Something to prove. But as we talked about in the in the lightning round, coach is gone. Or That's well, he's not so, gone yet, but he's so gone on paper. Hey, he's still That's there, so but had he played knowing he's still there, but he's gonna leave. I don't know how that plays out in the locker room. I don't but. either. I mean, do y'all think that that helps? Or yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Imagine true. Who can, FBS yeah. head coach in the middle of the playoffs saying, "Hey, I'm out." It happens with uh, of coordinators, different. but like yeah, head coach is weird, unprecedented. Because yeah, I mean, you know, Lane Kiffin, FBS like that. the FBS Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Remember, he was taking the FAU job, and Saban was like, "Dude, just let go. We don't need you. We have Sark here to handle." So yeah, it happens. Coordinators, but head coaches, like wild, never seen. That was that. a savage. Georgia, Georgia didn't do that to. Uh, didn't they have? 
wasn't didn't Lanning leave quote unquote before, but finished out the the playoff? Yeah, he coached the games. Yeah, yeah, he coached the games. Yeah, but yeah. I forgot about the Kiffin one though. That was savage, yeah. man. It's like, yeah, we don't we don't need you, dog. Um, it's still wild. Yeah, head coach going to take a position coach job at FBS. I guess he just wanted to go sit on the beach in California. I don't know. But. I mean, look, if you spin it, look, we we work in corporate America. If you spin it like this, hey, here's three times as much money and half of the responsibility and you get to live in LA and not North Dakota. Smash accept, right? Smash accept. Easy. And, and that's be a such a pipeline. Yeah. Right. Such a pipeline. Right. And you could be a like, defensive coordinator too when yeah. when Lincoln goes to coach Justin yeah. Herbert and the Chargers, the DC takes over for Lincoln and he becomes the defensive coordinator. Look, oh. there's two roads out of LA. One's on the tarmac and the other is <laughs> the NFL. So, you know. Speaking of um, lane, yeah. Yeah, speaking yeah. of lane. So, Poor all guy. right, with the final four set, I want to know y'all's y'all's predictions. Is it are we going to see a Montana, a North Dakota State or are we versus a South Dakota State or Albany? Who are we predicting for the championship? I think Montana or uh, yeah, let's go South as much fun as a Dakota State versus Dakota State would be, I think I'd, I'd still lean Montana and SDSU meeting in the title game. Yeah, Mike? You know, I said it last week, anytime North Dakota State's in the playoffs, can't count them out. I'm going to stick on that. Uh, can't count them out. Stick with it, North Dakota State, baby. Yeah, they're rolling pretty hard. Uh, who are they playing in, in the final zone, Mike? Albany or South Dakota State? South Dakota State. Yeah. I'm just going with Albany. They're they're feeling it right. They granted this next round is outside. They knocked off Idaho indoors. It's a lot different playing in the Dakotas in December uh, than in a dome. But their team is so impressive as a unit. They might have the moxie to take down the Jackrabbits. So let's roll with Albany. And I'm with you, Mike. North Dakota State is just the bison, the bison, the dumbest thing. The bi- they need to change. We need to, as a society, change the pronunciation of the word bison. Bison, bison is so dumb. Uh, yeah, North so Dakota State that, rolls. You're saying that's why the coach left because he's like, I can't do this anymore. We need to go. Couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. can't do it. Yeah, this is this is crazy. Two daddies, not screw. We can't say bison, right? It's un- it is unbelievable. Two natties. All right, let's go to the portal. Portal madness. We talked about Jabrari committing to UCF. Uh, Kobe Stewart receives an offer from Buffalo. No update on Josiah Cotton uh, or Avery Hughes, um, or Jaquette Giles or John Cotton. They, they, I don't. I didn't see anything in terms of them bragging about offers yet. You know, there is that scary stat of how many players enter the portal and never come back. These kids might be in the black hole. Um, it is a like the one slope. Like the one in the Dr. Pepper commercial where they're like flying back and Caleb Williams <laughs> yes. like, no, don't go. That oh, one. The transfer portal. The I transfer portal. The, the black hole is such, so such a great commercial. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but more importantly, fellas, we got two commitments. Uh, classic, classic DB commitment. Uh, We're but but a, a D tackle. Nazir Sai. 6'2", I think, 6'2", 300. Yes. From Northwestern State in Louisiana. Northwestern State's like the Red Devils or something. They got a fun little mascot. Did you say 6'2", 300? 
Oh yeah, baby. We are thick in the middle. And then Andrew Johnson from a Mississippi. Look, we love the Mississippi guys. I don't know if he's from Mississippi, but he went to community college in Mississippi. That counts. That does. So two guys looking to prove something. That's what you want. You know, as, as our knowledge of Sanford football develops, I do think that the higher ceiling dudes are the ones coming up, not the ones coming down. We'll see if that plays out. But for now, it could be all the community college guys I can get, especially if they're from Mississippi or Louisiana. Yep, and now you can go to our website and find a tracker that I'll keep updating throughout the portal season. As as we keep adding guys, go to stateofthebulldogs.com. It'll be right there, portal tracker. We can go see who's leaving, who's coming in, where they came from. So just a note for the audience. Great work on that, Grant. When I saw that text, you're like, portal tracker up. I was like, Yes. It's, uh, let's get that little clap thing going. That's big. Yeah. Time. <laughs> of course it won't work. All right. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So women's basketball. So we hyped up the Bama game a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. We, we lost 69, 39. Not, not too surprising. We have LaGrange. They actually, cut it to eight. They cut it to eight at one point. I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe. But then, yeah, but still they cut it to eight or six. Long. Yeah. Respectable. Respectable. Yeah, uh, we have Lagrange. Either uh, it might be two. I think it might be t- Tuesday or Wednesday, um, but it'll be over. I'm pretty Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, and then Arkansas on Saturday. So fun little fun little tidbit. We're not playing in Fayetteville. We're actually playing in Little Rock at Simon's Bank Arena. So a little my hometown. Let's go neutral site game, but yeah. you know spicing up a little bit. So th- so that'll be fun. Uh, Arkansas Shout out Little Rock, good. yeah. They, so, they have a ranked win over. Uh, this is off memory, but I'm pretty sure it's Florida State. Um, and they're only have a few. I think they're eight and three, uh, eight and two, similar similar to uh, Belmont. Yeah, eight three. And then to end the episode, boys, this week's senior spotlight from the basketball team. Six five forward. Senior from Mountain Brook, Alabama, Grayson Walters. Uh, Grayson is the epitome of a team guy. For a guy to stick it out this long, he must really love, must really love Bucky, and must really love Sanford. So, I mean, if you've been in Mountain Brook since you were a kid, you've known Bucky since you were like sixth grade or seventh grade. So, as they do a really good job of developing at the lower levels, and once you get to high school, you're ready to go and. Being the same system, I'm sure it's the same with the with Coach Davis over there. But yeah, cool to s- stick with Bucky throughout college is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, especially in today's age. You think about how oh Sam, God. you know how he coached that like intramural different teams, intramural Mountain Brook basketball teams. Yes, a rec league. I feel Those bad. Kids, for the kids are probably the ballers. in like, college right now. Isn't that crazy? Are they? No, dude. Yeah, they were what. 10 seventh, so seventh yeah. graders there were seventh graders so that's like 13 dude you're right they're 20 dude, years isn't old that crazy like what if we coached grayson walters back in the day he, he was probably on like the I don't, team he but. made the team yeah he made the yeah. team he wasn't playing he wasn't playing rec league <laughs> uh, i'm i dude we might have even been b team rec league like the kids <laughs> that got cut who got cut you know <laughs> 
as long as they weren't playing on their carpet at their churches, I think they're okay with y'all there. Yeah, no, we had we had real hard. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our number one game, rule. I made the championship game the first year, and it was at the uh, at Mountain Brooks High School Stadium I did not. or High School Arena. <laughs> you know what I found surprisingly hard, Mike, was managing minutes, letting every kid yeah. play. That was a surprising. That was hard. Yeah. Way they harder had, like, than requirements. It's like every kid had to play oh, really? two quarters. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is fine. Like, it, we all played equal. I didn't care if the, you obviously aren't good if you're playing with us. So there was no star. I didn't care about the ego, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, big game against Belmont on Saturday. I'll be there. Let's go. And big game against Belmont and the uh, FCS playoffs. This is our last weekend of football until the seventh. So enjoy it. Uh, otherwise, we just have meaningless bowl games uh, until the hey, uh, hey, hey, CFP. <laughs> what, you're not pumped about the Pop-Tarts Bowl where they're going to eat a real Pop-Tart after the game? The winning team can eat a Pop-Tart after the game? <laughs> I am actually excited to see the real Pop-Tart. I will be tuning in to watch. Or Mac Brown might win the Mayo Bowl and get Mayo dumped all over him. I mean, come on. Hmm, that's well, sad to see. That's true. <laughs> I would watch that as well. There's, no, there's, a lot, there's a lot of good TV around this time of year, but tune in to Sanford game against Belmont. Go if you can uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a packed house it's on a saturday against a team that uh everybody's heard of so go dogs and with that the state of the bulldogs is out hey you already know you know sanford about to get that ring man hey love y'all we love y'all